0: Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who
1: are making a difference.
2: Welcome to the Great Women in Compliance Podcast with Lisa Fine and Mary Shirley. I'm Mary Shirley and today, I'm here to talk about the power of one. I used to believe that it was not possible for one person to truly have a significant impact. Over time, I've come to believe that was a fallacy and that influence and impact stemming from one individual can in fact change lives. Today's episode encapsulates that theme and accordingly I've called it the power of one. Today's guest on this topic is a return one to the show, Fernanda Beraldi, a senior director at Cummings, Welcome back, Fernanda. Why don't you tell us what's going on with you since you were last on Quick? Hi, Mary.
0: Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. And hi to all the wonderful audience that I know follows this podcast pretty closely. It's a pleasure to be with all of you today. Uh, well, one can say that the life of an ethics and compliance professional during 2020 is as busy or more <laughs> or busier <laughs> than during uh, regular times when we did not have a pandemic going on. Um, I was, um, I would say, impressed with how I got my team to power through this, the difficult year that we had, um, not, being, you know, not being able to see them as often, not being able to see my manager as often, my team that's U.S.-based as often, my, my peers. Um, is not as easy uh, for somebody as extroverted as I am. But despite that, (laughs) we're able to make great strides. Um, And some other initiatives that I also have uh, ongoing that I'm part of outside Cummings, we could also make them uh, advance on them. So Mm -hmm. I'll talk a little bit about that, if that's okay. Mm, Absolutely. So when, um, maybe three years ago, um, Indiana has a lot of companies that are medium-sized and large-sized that um, had, have compliance professionals. And we, we were meeting quite often. We were you know, getting together for you know, mm-hmm. round tables We were getting together for you know, serving as sounding boards and benchmarking. And we decided to make this a little bit more, I would say, uh, official. So mm-hmm. my peer at Lilly, Steve Gaiman, who's a person who I really um, hold in high regard, He and I uh, co-founded something called Business Ethics Indiana, which is like an ACC for compliance people, so Mm -hmm. we can benchmark, think about the best uh, things that each of our companies uh, are doing and how we can learn. We also thought that um, there are a lot of medium-sized and small companies that do not have the resources that a large company would have, Mm -hmm. and how we can make business ethics a priority for them as well. Mm -hmm. how we can really distill what is business ethics and how would that apply in a company that's owned by a small small family, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing that we thought about, um, so we started to meet quite often. We meet four times a year and we were meeting um, at least twice face-to-face every year in presential mode and then twice over the phone before the pandemic hit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right before the pandemic hit, we also had a plan of, Um, creating some courses. And the idea behind this is in this group of 30 plus companies and all those professionals that we have, those compliance professionals that that are part of our teams, we noticed that the majority of our teams, they happen to be compliance people, but they didn't really study compliance, right? They didn't go to school, to college or to law school, Mm -hmm. say, I'm going to be a compliance officer. I'm going to work in compliance and ethics or business ethics, they just happen to be at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. or at the right place at the wrong time. If they received a <laughs> the subpoena, right? For instance, exactly. <laughs> if mm-hmm. they got a subpoena, they would be at the right place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So we noticed that this was a happenstance profession, profession mm-hmm. that was developing. It's, it's really a young profession, like a new profession. Mm-hmm. So, we were like, okay, how can we make mimic this for folks that never had that experience?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How can we create some kind of curriculum that would allow people to have at least some exposure to what this wonderful world of compliance is mm-hmm. and even get, you know, interested in, you know, we can get even talented people to apply to jobs, right? Um we started think about that, thinking about that, and when we looked around, we say, "Okay, we can try to put a certificate course out there, or, or like a basic course that would teach people the basics,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that would ingrain this kind of um, this kind of content into a college degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how can we do that? Wouldn't it be really great if we can pick some mm-hmm. fresh college person and say?" Right. somebody fresh from their college degree and say, by the way, you know, all those ethics, basic ethics uh, principles, mm-hmm. principles, why don't you come work for Cummings or Lilly or et cetera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Better than getting a person on board, maybe a fresh lawyer, a person who has no idea of
2: how to mm-hmm. do this and has to learn on the job. Right? Or someone like you and me spends three days holding an intensive boot camp um, to, to get them started. And, and while I appreciate that companies love that idea because they're like, oh, this seems very cheap to get an inexperienced person in and I'll just have one of my existing staff be a teacher uh, and drop their own work for hours on end. Uh, that's a, a lot of pressure to put on someone and it's an awful drain to be responsible for that repeatedly, I would say. I think I've probably done that uh, at least six times training up people from scratch and it's not very scalable the, the, yep. the way in which you hold those one-on-one tutorials so the idea of this class to me is really appealing yeah
0: and and exactly like you just said and how much does that person the new the freshman the fresh woman how much they mm-hmm. would how much do, would they absorb in a three-day boot camp? It's just so much information, so many processes and policies. And look at this website. And this is how we screen third parties. They're like it's just too much, right? Mm-hmm. If you teach people the basics, the basis, the basics of ethics, basics of anti-bribery, basics mm-hmm. of data privacy, in a way that's agnostic, company agnostic. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Right here on my backyard, <laughs> right? Or now we can do over Zoom, mm-hmm. right? And the faculty is you know, peers, so cost Mm -hmm. is pretty low. Mm -hmm. And we can give people this basic understanding. They can Mm -hmm. they can partner with other students. They Mm -hmm. can learn from other students. Mm -hmm. They will do some kind of homework. Mm -hmm. Right? All of this with very low cost. Nothing is reverted to us, to to business ethics Indiana. It doesn't go anything comes to us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But we get people trained at the end, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the goal. We Mm -hmm. are we're crowdfunding the training. That's what we're doing <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some pretty high standards, right? We're not saying go there and take a, a, an exam. And by the way, you're now acronym, mm-hmm. right? Very surely acronym. Yeah. Because you took, you, you took an exam and it was you did well in the exam. I'm actually teaching you, right? Mm-hmm. We are actually teaching people. So we did some voice of the customer with our own. Uh, members mm-hmm. what would be appealing classes like mm-hmm. right? what what were the themes we would like, we would like to have what areas we would like to teach people mm-hmm. on and we had you know anti bribery, data privacy, internal investigations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, the basics of ethics mm-hmm. a corporate compliance course, kind of a capstone course
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, What else do we have there do you have anything like one of the things that I like to teach in my boot camp is you know, a alignment or consensus on our approach. So right at the very beginning, getting to the heart of, uh, you may have seen um, movies or have the impression that we are like a policeman or, or an authoritarian figure, oh, sorry, authority figure. Um, and in reality, we want to be branding ourselves in a way that is a friend to the business, enabling business, you um, that kind of thing. Do you have anything on sort of the, for want of a better word, the softer or the fluffier side in terms of technique and approach of how we choose to operate as a function?
0: No, we we don't have that. Would um, you teach that? What? Would you like me to teach a class on yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be something great because this is really a this is a soft skill. Mm. It's a complete soft skill. Um, it's hard to obtain. Mm-hmm. Right? it's hard to it, it's not hard to be
2: obtained it's hard to develop right yeah. Even, you want to have that understanding right at the beginning, I always feel right yeah. like you don't want to learn that one the hard way <laughs> yeah exactly be- business people complaining about you now
1: yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> right we, you definitely want to have that you also need to be very skilled in asking questions in a way that people mm-hmm. don't don't feel that you're you know threatening or that you accusatory accusatory condescending right
1: mm-hmm.
0: you i i always say for me the best the best advice i all i've ever received was get to know the product and the service your company selling how you go to market what is the product how what is the service because that enables you to ask the right question and when you ask the right question you're people will respect
2: you, mm-hmm.
0: right? You're cutting everybody's time. You're shortening everybody's time there. Mm-hmm. The time that they have to spend with you, training you on their product, their service, mm-hmm. right? The company's product, mm-hmm. the product, the company's service. It makes you more respected.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it gets you, it allows you to give the advice faster. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is always very you know it's it's welcome (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you're sitting on something taking forever to to decide it's probably going to be an issue Mm -hmm. so no we we i don't think we have that and we should consider having something like that (laughs) we
2: we definitely should glad i planted a seed there yes planted a whole tree i think (laughs) (laughs) um so you've shared with us the impetus for this idea um why was it important for you to take this on, given it was a pretty big task, I imagine, and you have quite a busy life? I think
0: nobody after twenty twenty gets to say I'm not busy because I think <laughs>
1: everybody's
0: busy. <laughs> so I don't want to feel that I have my my um, that my priorities are more important than other people's priorities. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about giving back. For me, uh, I you know, moved to Indiana specifically six and a half years ago Mm -hmm. with not much, uh, in the sense that I moved here for my LLM program, my master of Mm law's program. I always had a little bit of like, how is it going to be? It's so different, right? Found nothing but welcoming doors and Mm -hmm. welcoming people.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And for me, it makes a difference in the sense of um, belonging and it makes me want to, to give back some way, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So if I can have, and plus I come from a country that has a high perception of corruption, Brazil. It's <laughs> always on the, on the news for the wrong reasons, mostly. <laughs> and if I feel that we replicate this knowledge around business ethics, mm. that we replicate knowledge around integrity, and how it's important to do business this way, I am somehow helping to change a little bit. And even yeah. a little bit is mm-hmm. something better than we had five years ago, two days ago, a day ago, a week ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's marginal increments. Yeah. Better
2: than zero increments, right? Yeah. No, seriously. I'm, um, I'm laughing because I, um, it reminds me of weight loss. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like Slow just, and steady, right? Yeah, just because you can't see the impact immediately doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Correct. And
0: it really helps to, my, my my co-founder and peer, Steve Guymon, says it raises the boat for everybody. If it raises the boat for everybody, it makes everybody better at this, better at business ethics. Mm-hmm. We create a more just uh, marketplace. We, yeah. we create a... a, a cutting corners free Mm -hmm. or reduced, mitigated marketplace, Mm -hmm. it makes it fair for everybody Mm -hmm. and it makes it easier access. There's no shady business going on. Don't get me wrong, I I cannot fix the world. (laughs) (laughs) But I can fix or help to fix the things that I see around me. And Mm -hmm. if we have more compliance professionals, we have more business ethics professionals, Mm -hmm. if we have more companies concerned about sustainability Mm -hmm. it's it makes it better for everybody right Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so I think that's that's that was the motivator for me and just looking around and like how come nobody teaches you in this format which is like short agnostic Mm -hmm. but actually teaching you right Mm -hmm. and it's not like a full degree right Mm -hmm. or it's not like a one-week boot camp where Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we should take we should think about that. It would be beneficial. So it was a bit selfish in a way that I, cannot, I don't have to train people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can send them to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also more compliance professional, more business ethics professionals, more integrity-minded people equals a more just marketplace. And I like that idea.
2: I love that. And it's um, one of the motivators for me in terms of Great women in Compliance. I genuinely believe that, the better we are as women supporting other women that all of our boats rise in in that situation. So similar. Another area where you have given of yourself and really impacted the lives of others has um, been in regards to volunteering at a hospital in your spare time as part of a values and committee for the largest hospital system in Indiana. You also helped people get appointments for the COVID-19 vaccine. What has the volunteering experience been like, and in what ways do people need special help to get the vaccine?
0: Yeah, this is a... It's trying to strike a balance between going fast, Mm -hmm. but not leaving people behind, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We want to make sure more people get the vaccine faster. Right, mm-hmm. so we can go back to whatever. Went, uh, waiting for us at the end of this tunnel, which is new normal, abnormal, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But at least, if it's a new normal or abnormal, or the way we used to be, we won't have news saying people are dying by the minute. Right, mm-hmm. and that's the point. You don't want people dying by the minute for something that you have a vaccine for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if we go. Lightning fast, Mm -hmm. saying you have to do it online. You need to go on this website, and websites are available for everybody, etc. Do you really have ninety-year-old people registering for Mm -hmm. the vaccine? Mm -hmm. If they call call a phone number and spend, I don't know, one hour on the phone, can they really afford to spend one hour on the phone? Would they understand what's going on? Right. Mm -hmm. So once you get those people in the system somehow Mm -hmm. and they get to the vaccination place, do they really have everything they need to have? I mean, you look online, sometimes the the registering is all like missing or, you know, you don't have all the data that you need Mm -hmm. to have in there. That's another thing, right? Another issue. Because then, yes, that person got into the system. Yes, that person received an appointment. Mm -hmm. They got an appointment, but as you and I, compliance people, we like data. <laughs> and we like mm-hmm. the data to be okay. And we like the data to be able to, is, to be clean to the point that we can run analysis on the data. If the data is all faulty in there, who, poor person running analysis on that data. So the idea behind it is how can I help from the vaccination standpoint, how can I help the state of Indiana to get as many people in the door as they can Mm-hmm. but also sitting there and helping people register on the day they show up at the vaccination standpoint, the vaccination place, facility. Mm-hmm. How can we make sure that we need, we have all the data that we have in there. So if you want to run an analysis as a state, I'm not doing that my own, Is the state's doing that, that mm-hmm. they will have complete data. Mm-hmm. So again, it's about giving back. We want to make sure, we want to make sure we get out of this, right? We want to make sure People are not dying by the minute or getting, you know, sick by the minute. Um, we want to make sure that people in that get an appointment get in and out of there quickly, mm-hmm. right? We want to make sure the system is a pretty o- good oiled machine, well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. in the sense that you don't have to wait hours to get vaccinated. Your appointment is there, you go in, you wait 15 minutes, and you're out, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how can I be part of the solution? A couple of years ago at Cummings, I did something called um, the TKI, which is a, a test. Thomas Klinman, Kleinman, um, it's kind of an MBTI, but for other types of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the TKI or, scrap that, it's not the TKI. It's another type of test that talks about your needs for inclusion and your needs to be part of um, something else, something bigger. Uh, I forgot the name of the test now. Oh, interesting. It's not the TKI. <laughs> <laughs> when you
2: forget that, to let me know.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I took that test and it showed that I, ha- I have a high need for inclusion. I like to be included in things. I like to be, ah. it's not a control freakness type of thing. It's just yeah. I like to know what's going on. and I like to, you know, help to oh. brainstorm ideas.
2: I didn't know there was a scale of that. I always assumed that everybody liked to be included, which probably indicates that I would also score similarly (laughs) to you. (laughs) Yes. No, there is a test that evaluates Oh, wow. Okay, I will look this up afterwards. Yeah,
0: your needs for inclusion, your needs for control. Um, Yeah. So I ranked pretty high in my needs for inclusion. Like I like to to bring people along and I like to be included in things. Mm -hmm. And for me... can I be included as part of the solution? I couldn't just sit idle
1: mm. and then
0: saying, we need the, the folks blasting on TV here. We need volunteers. I need people to help. And I'm like, I'm pretty healthy. Still young. I'm going to say it's young, kind of young. Yeah, you're, you're young. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why can't I do, do something to help? Mm. Right. So went in there volunteered and it was great it was great helping people and mm-hmm. in this uh, in this shifts and making sure people were getting the vaccines they signed up for so that was it was a great has been great experiences for the you mentioned another thing which was the i u health um committee on values and ethics and pastoral services mm-hmm. that i got um i was Very privileged to get a an invitation to join. Um, You know, with all the imposter syndrome that a lot of women have, and I am also part of that. I was like, "Are you talking to the right person?" (laughs) Oh, are you talking to the right person on the phone? And when I got this, and yes, we want to talk. We want you to be part of this. I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, What is the idea? The idea is to make sure that this big hospital system um, continues to put emphasis on values Mm -hmm. and continues to make value-based, value-driven decisions, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This committee is mixed of uh, volunteers, not volunteers, board members of IU Health and folks from the community and i represent one of those communities um for me again it's if you have this chance of knowing and to influence solutions and to influence decision making in a way that that observes values and abides by values and you're talking about this largest hospital system in the state of indiana you're helping not needing it but i'm part of the discussion. Right? Mm-hmm. And be, I have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Having a seat at the table, it's so, it's, it's, it's very rewarding, but it's also helping to guarantee that patients and families can get the best care possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That has a lot of value to me. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, it's, it's, I was, I'm still in awe of, of, of course, the wonderful things they're doing. And the, the th- where they want to get, but I'm in awe of being, potentially being part of a solution
1: mm-hmm.
0: and helping the communities and families and patients around me mm-hmm. and helping the staff to feel uh, safe if they want to, you know, bring up a concern. Mm-hmm. I I like to be part of that, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's about, I think it's about a calling when you're a professional in this space, in this ethics space, ethics and compliance space. I mean, it is rewarding to be a lawyer and you go and negotiate things or you protect your company. Or, But this idea of even if it's a small grain of sand, you're changing things around you mm-hmm. and you're helping other people to mm-hmm. get to something they wouldn't have, but for the solution you, you were part of. Mm-hmm. I like that.
2: Gratifying. Absolutely. And I can't imagine the relief that the patients who were really struggling with the convoluted uh, registration systems for the vaccine, just how they would have felt knowing that you were there to support them if they didn't have any other um, family support to help them get the you know highly sought after appointments. So yeah. um, fantastic work. Thank you for your contributions. To no, no.
1: It's it's
0: uh, and I, I didn't say this, but we. I mean, for folks who speak many languages, their language uh, can be a barrier. Yeah, yeah, right?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got your Portuguese. Yeah, the Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Okay, yeah. like an overachiever for no, I'm kidding. I'm really in awe of the people that can speak um, multiple languages, uh, just so incredibly well. And it's such a it's a gift. That's probably one of my biggest wishes if. Um, if I could choose to have anything or do anything over, it would be to have a business level standard in another language. So incredible that you're one that talented uh, but also that you've decided to use your time and apply your skill set to helping other people go through a difficult time more easily.
0: Yeah, it's as I said and, and I am thankful for having this opportunities because, Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard enough to be at home when working 24 seven, right? Mm -hmm. I think that is also helps me to interact with other people outside my household. And as I said, I miss that kind of interaction. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, it's, it was relieving to help people and great to help people, but also great to see other people, right? Interacting with the, the staff that was there and, yeah, I just, it was really rewarding.
2: Fantastic. Thank you for that. Switching gears now a little bit. Uh, You're someone who epitomizes hustle, getting stuff done, moving and shaking. And with you, I think that's just in your nature. You were built for making things happen. I feel very similarly. I like to be doing, achieving, completing, and then moving on to the next thing. How do you balance all of the various things that you want to do with limited time in the day?
0: Yeah, that's a tough question. I don't know that I figured out that balance yet. Um, I uh, I try to organize day to day. Of course, I have my week, in, my week planners and, mm-hmm. you know, my day as majority of our compliance folks listening to this. My day starts, my week starts, all, of course, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. At the end of Sunday, I'm talking to China, I'm talking to Australia, making sure everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And my team members there have the support they need. Mm -hmm. um what are the main things i want to achieve that week right and what are the main things i want to achieve for myself on that week
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what are the moments that i have to stop and cope or stop and have a break not very good at (laughs) those
2: me neither
0: (laughs) not very good at (laughs) those Uh, and I'm not saying this with glee, because it weighs it weighs on you, right? Uh, especially in a year like 2020 and now the first quarter of 2021, pretty much, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It weighs on you. So the breaks are necessary. And for if you're a perfectionist and you're listening to this, this is your sign, okay? <laughs> this is a sign for you. <laughs> Go think about something else for you to do and not obsess over work. Um, I noticed right in the beginning of the pandemic that I was really going, I mean, that I needed this time for myself. Mm. If you know this about me, my husband and my son used to live in a different state, right? They used to live in Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and with the pandemic, we decided to quarantine together in Indiana, um, which is the great silver lining for me in the pandemic. It also comes with the addition that I have other two people in the household, everybody's safe <laughs> and healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But other two people in the household and the work that's going on and doesn't really stop. So mm-hmm. I found myself that I found that the breaks that I usually took, which were my commuting times between my house and the office, I'm talking to my mom, I'm talking to friends mm-hmm. of mine in Brazil and here. I didn't have Mm -hmm. those anymore for my breaks now or my commuting time is from my bedroom to my office, Mm -hmm. right? Just Mm -hmm. a set of stairs, right? Mm -hmm. And the computer's right there and it's on the whole time. I know this is the reality of a lot of the folks listening to this and I'm thankful that I have a house to be in. I'm thankful that I have an employment and great team and a great manager, Mm -hmm. The, the, the breaks were necessary, right? They started to, I, everything was blending together. So mm. I needed to find a way to stress less. I'm not saying not stress because that's not possible, <laughs> stressing mm. less. And there's something I always liked uh, to do, but I didn't really have the time, which is yoga. Mm. So I found a corner here in my house, um, pretty quiet corner. I started to practice it more frequently Mm -hmm. and more frequently, meaning kind of resuming the practice because I wasn't doing it for years, really. And I found this place, um, the studio that was meeting outside, Um, meeting outdoors once a week for free. So during good weather, of course. Mm-hmm. So I started to to join. So mm-hmm. it gave me that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Even being outdoors, I felt pretty safe because mm-hmm. I mean, you're socially distant, right? Your mat's like far away from you. Mm-hmm. And again, if you know anything about yoga is that it, it's come as you are. So there's no expectations that you're going to stretch more than others, that you're <laughs> going to hold that pose more than others. Mm-hmm. Famously competitive. And people know this about me. And I say this too. So and yoga is just come as you are, right? It's just, the mat will accept you in any state, shape, or form, wherever your mind is. Mm-hmm. So it made me a place of acceptance, of steadiness, mm-hmm. mind steady, right? Mm-hmm. Really helped. Um, so I actually started taking more classes online mm-hmm. after this initial meeting people, authors, etc. And um, I'm actually pursuing a certification, so I can be, cool. so I can do this for others. Right? I can teach for free for other people who may need it.
2: You can add that on as a module to the business ethics course.
0: <laughs> yes. How to how to discuss ethics and not get people to sleep on shavasana? Yes. <laughs> get people sleeping, but um, it it it's something that I noticed while we're as a. Humankind is going through this pretty stressful time. Mm. What can I do at the end of this that I emerge out of the pandemic feeling a better person? Mm. Something that only depends on me, right? You only need, I don't know, 10 square feet to practice yoga, if at all. If at all. Mm-hmm. A little bit more than that. But it's, it's that place of quietness that I could come. It's that place of um, like detaching myself from anything that I'm doing work-wise. It's not meditation because my mind doesn't really stop. I'm not <laughs> that trained. <laughs> but it it's it just made me feel better. At the end of the practice, I will feel relieved. I would be breathing easily. I would be, you know, just feeling like my day was ending or beginning, right? Depending on where I do when I do it throughout the day. So adding that to my busy routine and make it not an additional task, but make it an important task of my day really changed the way I'm approaching this time at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that this is not a solution that would work for everybody, but I would encourage people to find what is that thing for you. Mm -hmm. You may be, You know, you're going sewing. you're going walking, you're, you know, running, you're going on a bike ride, or you're just taking on meditation, or you're super good in putting lists together and checking all of them. It's whatever makes you, your mind quiet. Um, And it can really take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I would encourage people to do that. So that was something I would say maybe two years ago. Yeah, I like yoga, but is it something that will take in the middle of the pandemic, resume in the middle of the pandemic, well, I did. And I am very thankful I did, because it really helped. Mm -hmm.
2: Wonderful. And then help me out with something, which is we can't always say yes to everything, uh, although I will tell you that I sure as heck try (laughs) to say yes whenever I get a request. (laughs) Um, What's your advice for how to keep up diplomatic relations um, for those moments where you really do have to say, um, no, unfortunately, I can't help you with that now. Um, What are your boundaries for that um, when you can't take on something new and how do you phrase it to keep up the diplomatic relations? Yeah.
0: Thank you. That's a great question. And I also don't know that I've done that so many times that it can be giving advice on it.
2: But um, just hand out like RSVPs from you and me <laughs> and be like, yes, yes, we'll be there. We will do this for you, sure. Take this ticket, right? Take this <laughs> ticket. We're Go here. Anytime. <laughs> what
0: has helped for me is, first of all, really doing this deep dive in me. Like, why do I want to do this, right? Is this something that will give me great satisfaction? Is this something that will get me to meet more people? Is that something that's going to change somebody's life? Somebody's life? Um, like mentorship opportunities. Like somebody comes to me and says, can you mentor me? I'm going through this. I'm like, this person is bold enough and courageous enough to say, I need a help figuring this out. Can you help me? I mean, I cannot say no to that. <laughs> But a person mm-hmm. says, oh, can you come here and do this panel? Because we are not diverse enough and we want somebody who's diverse in the panel.
2: Yikes. Did <laughs> said to you? Uh,
0: not recently, but, but, yeah, I've heard it in different shapes and forms, yes. Hmm. For me, is it, is it going to be helping people? Helping in the sense that it's not creating more knowledge to the world, right? Not only that, but really helping m- m- helping somebody. For me, that's number one. And number two is, would I look back five years from now to this thing? Is it going to be memorable for me? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be memorable for the people that are going to be there? And can I make it memorable, right? Or am I so busy can I can't, that I can't really um, invest the time to make it memorable? Mm-hmm. If, that's the, if that's a no, mm-hmm. then I'll probably need to turn it down. Um, the the way of doing this, again for me, a natural people pleaser, not very easy. <laughs> natural people pleaser, not very easy to to do it at all. Um, giving context, not just saying no because of no. Mm.
1: Um,
0: whether we like it or not, you and I, we're women, right? So we always feel the <laughs> I feel the need to go the extra length and justify when probably a male counterpart just say, no, I'm too busy. Right. <laughs> and nobody would say anything about this. They would just say, oh, he's so busy. I'm glad mm-hmm. that he even responded to my email versus you and I saying, no, I'm too busy. Oh my God, this person is real hard to work with. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel the need to go this extra length to say, mm-hmm. you know, that week of the, the year, I'm actually doing this, this, that I planned already. And I'm halfway planning on. And Although I would love to participate, I don't know that I can make it a memorable experience for the people attending just because I won't have as much time to prep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I'm not saying this is my standard answer, but that's what's usually has been happening, mm-hmm. right?
2: Um, I think it's a good one. I like your memorable boundary. Um, it's something that people should be able to accept with ease oh she's setting a quality threshold we yeah. don't want someone who doesn't think that they can do a you know a mediocre or better job uh mm-hmm. we better find someone who who can we're better placed you may not be as good as fernanda overall but um yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> that's not the point i think um yeah i think it's
0: it's yeah, as you said correctly, it's a quality threshold. Am I going to be able to give myself, to pour myself into that, to make it mm-hmm. something that people say, oh, well, she really conveyed great information. She had, you know, the latest cases, or she could really talk about this at uh, with experience and expertise, or is this just, you know, we need a woman in the panel? It's called mm-hmm. Fernanda, because she never says no, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the, that's the threshold. Mm -hmm. How about you? Have you been, what, what are the boundaries or the things you set for yourself?
2: I'm saying yes to everything right now. Um, There is a day coming up where I'm speaking uh, on a panel at five in the morning, my time. And then again, a few hours later. Um, I I saw that it was the OECD (laughs) one. Congratulations, by the way. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, gender mainstreaming for that one I thought that was an important topic and I love the fact that the New Zealand Serious Fraud Office is partnering with it um, given that I started out in in the area of working for New Zealand authorities I try to say yes I really do and I'm I, I guess because uh, I'm I'm okay with stretching my workday, so that I, I never want senior to lose out in any ways to, to, to commitments outside of the company. So if I say yes to something like the, the OECD and the other speaking engagement that I have, I'm going to work a, a, a much longer day for my core job. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling weary about that day already because I know it's going to be a long day. I'm going to have to get up super early. Um, I want to look presentable for the 5 a.m. start, so I'm definitely going to be up earlier than that. Um, I think it is tough and and what's even tougher is after you've agreed to something as is the case of a recent speaking engagement that doesn't appear to be terribly well organized and I'm feeling anxious about being ill-equipped to do a good job Mm -hmm. after already saying yes I feel nervous about saying uh you have your stuff together so I'd like and you know I, I fear that um, being smeared oh well mary she was super difficult to work with see right. yeah <laughs> see it's the same thing i mean a yeah. guy would mm-hmm. say
0: you guys get your ass together right
2: well, it, <laughs> interestingly a, a gentleman that i know who um is involved in this he was encouraging me and saying mary to pull out <laughs> i pulled out of something last week for similar reasons um yeah and for you you would even think that even uh having that vindication and support I still haven't pulled out (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I'm probably the worst person to be giving advice on this but I'm glad you asked me because I hope that if there is anyone listening right now going yeah this is really hard and it's something that I struggle with that they're you know you're not alone in this boat it's something that Many of us work on, and it's part of that people pleasing balance as well. Whew, it's tough, so I will channel you the next time and, and I'll report back on how that goes yeah.
0: i also I also try to think about the audience right the audience for that specific event or panel. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be encouraging for them to see, you know, a woman who is from Latin America and who works for a great American company as Cummings, right? How how encouraging is it for people who are trying to do their own, to navigate their own path? Or is it just the same, you know, folks that we see every now and then and it's not really going to make a difference for them? Mm -hmm. Um, The... The other thing too, as you said, well, it's protecting the core job, right? I have a job that Cummings pays me. <laughs> yeah, that pays me, that Cummings hired me for and I that I like very much. I like the team, I like my manager and that's how that's what I, I have to do every day. It's mm-hmm. not even what I have to do, it's what I like to do every day, right? Mm-hmm. And so those other opportunities outside that core job which is speaking engagements or help me with this mm-hmm. you know little thing that I'm doing here or there those are on top as you said of mm-hmm. the assignments you have every day or every week mm-hmm. so that those assignments cannot be the third because of what I'm trying to do outside right
2: Exactly. you know yeah. that during work hours I feel it's a conflict of interest if I'm not managing that appropriately i just thought of something that i have um started doing um from the advice of a friend which has really helped uh i'm sure you get this too but i get a lot of people asking for sort of one-on-ones or informational interviews Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and i personally believe that informational interviews are um they're not very effective for the most part and the reason why i think that is if someone is asking for one and they're really using it as an opportunity just to get in front of a hiring manager and be like, Hey, think of me next time you hire. I feel like that's super inefficient because Mm -hmm. an easier way to do that would be write me a letter of all of the things that um, you believe would make you a compelling candidate. You've gotten in front of my face. You don't have to go through the HR process, but uh, I, I also can, can read that pretty quickly, file you away, and say, absolutely. I've got you in mind. Um, thank you for that. And then if someone does want um, to genuinely ask questions uh, in the informational interview sense, it's not a very scalable um, thing, right? Like they're asking me the same questions over and over, which is things like, oh, tell me about your career. Um, how do I get into healthcare compliance? That kind of thing. And I want people to know the answers to that. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like there's a more efficient way to do yeah. to to do that and so one of the things that's really helped and it's allowed me to keep being able to say yes to people is capping those calls at 15 minutes um, Mm -hmm. because otherwise people will expect at a bare minimum half an hour of time and usually uh, people will go over half Mm -hmm. an hour as well so Mm -hmm being able to explain in advance you know I just wanted to let you know that I have this practice to make sure that I can say yes to as many people as possible without you know infringing on any of my other commitments uh that has been a way for me to maybe not say no but at least to to set some boundaries
0: yeah and I mean, who knows? Sometimes you may come across with somebody, you may stumble stumble upon somebody. You say, "Oh my God, this person is an absolute rock star,"
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's going to be the next person I hire, right? So, it also it, it benefits your network to get to know those mm-hmm. that that person, and without you saying no, mm-hmm. uh, you get to know a little bit of them and the i like the the letter the writing the letter because that you can definitely file somewhere and you say yeah. that person is great because of this this and this mm-hmm. on the person's in the person's own words so mm-hmm. i like that that's a great that's something great
2: yeah i i also do that for vendors so if i get a um a cold approach from a vendor and i'm not looking Anything at the moment, then I will put them in my vendor folder. Mm -hmm. Um, If we've got any sales folks listening, do note that you can be removed from the vendor folder for uh, overreaching. (laughs) Yes, yes, for (laughs) misconduct in in sales activities. Um, But yeah, (laughs) Um, I, I find that helpful as well because you have your little repository sitting there when you need it, and then that's more efficient than just taking a cold call and someone's you know saying listen to my translation pitch and you're like well I've just signed with a company for three years so this is you know completely not of interest to me right now or whatever it is Um, and it's a way of ensuring that they're still considered for the future at a time when you really need it as opposed Mm -hmm. to wasting everyone's time
0: yeah no I completely agree that's a great that's great benchmark right there (laughs) thanks (laughs) for sharing that with
2: me Mary that's great thank you for that and fernanda my last question for you today is what's your message to someone with big ideas and aspirations that wants to make a positive change in the world yeah
0: um i think my message for that person is is similar to a person saying they're trying to eat an elephant right one bite at a time right yeah um I know it's interesting visual when we think about a person biting an elephant. Don't try that at home. (laughs) But the idea is how can you scale what you're trying to do in a way that makes it achievable and also in a way that does not demotivate you, right? Mm -hmm. People use this analogy here of boiling the ocean, right? You can't really boil the ocean. Uh, It's not going to take you anywhere. It's going to take you forever to actually do it. How can you make short and effective incremental steps Mm. that would that together are taking you to the right direction, mm-hmm. but are also not demotivating you that they're so big that you don't even know where to start, mm-hmm. right? Uh, human nature is moved by achievements. So if you feel you're achieving something, it, it, it encourages you to keep going, right? So mm-hmm. if you say, I, wanted, I want to be doing this in three years from now, and you just sit idle and don't put a plan together, Mm-hmm. Uh, and or you put a plan together that's so generic and you know up in the air and pie in the sky that you can't really work on it or achieve small things, you're gonna be quickly demotivated thinking the world's against you, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the incremental steps that you can take today, tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now that it's only with your your control, control or mostly within your control that you can achieve and will give you that um small victory that's going to continue to propel you forward Mm -hmm. that would be um that's something i i I think a lot about like could i do i do i want a magic wand to fix all the corruption problems in the Mm -hmm. world yes Mm -hmm. um how how can i within my realm within my reach Mm -hmm. within my network what can i do to help that Mm -hmm. happen in mm-hmm. small increments but slow mm-hmm. and steady mm-hmm. is better than fast and then driving you nuts right
2: mm-hmm.
0: or so big that you don't know where to start or you don't accomplish something and then you get the motivated so
2: mm-hmm. wonderful so small waves um uh, small ripples can create big waves yes
1: mm-hmm.
2: wonderful well thank you so much for your time today Fernanda. you're a delight as always oh no so please know you I am um,
0: delighted to be here with you, Mary. Again, um, I hope this uh, helps somebody who's listening to us here. It's always a privilege to be with somebody so talented, so caring like oh, stop. you.
2: Thank you so uh, much. Oh, that made my heart uh, flutter a wee bit. Then thank you for for being kind. Yeah. Well, to wrap up today's episode, I have some good news. I'm going to share with you a rejection that I received, dear listener. Um, this is from uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, who I invited to be on the Great Women in Compliance podcast in a bonus episode on leadership. And here's the response that I received Dear Mary, on behalf of Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, I would like to thank you for your request to participate in the Ethics and Compliance podcast. Most unfortunately, the nature of the Prime Minister's schedule at this time prevents her from being able to accept your request. She has asked that I pass on her apologies and best wishes. Kind regards, her private secretary. And so the reason why I'm sharing this rejection with you is um, for those of you who uh, don't listen to the podcast every time and in order... There was a a solo episode that I did um, several weeks back now which was in respect to uh, venting and one of my vents was about the, I guess, abuse of the balance of power in the hiring process by employers when they treat candidates poorly by making promises that they don't adhere to, when they don't have the decency to send... um, the, the outcomes to candidates and so my point um is is not celebrating um my very polite and gracious rejection folks it is the point that if someone who receives as much crap as the prime minister of uh, an albeit small country um receives and she um, is able to find the time to delegate and presumably uh, create pro forma template messages for when she's not able to attend such things shouldn't we when hiring candidates be able to extend such a courtesy in multinational and small medium-sized companies I think so so with that I leave you for today uh, with my thanks to our guest Fernanda and to you all for listening and supporting us Lisa and I so appreciate you take good care